Well, praise the Lord. Can you say praise the Lord? Come on, this is Sunday night. We can at least say praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> well, I didn't come just to have another church service. Amen. Came to have an encounter with the Lord. Amen. Yes. Praise, praise God. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, would you please open them to the Gospel of St. Luke? Hallelujah. The Gospel of St. Luke. Chapter 8. Hallelujah. 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 Has anybody come in for the youth camp yet? Praise God. Let me hear you. Come on now. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's going to be a great youth camp. Amen. And I believe tonight we're going to get started. Praise God. If you're there, say amen. Beginning with the 26th verse, chapter 8, the 26th verse of the Gospel of St. Luke. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man. How many of you know that God knows exactly where you are? Amen. Not just any old man or one guy in the crowd, but a certain man. This certain man had devils a long time. He wore no clothes. That doesn't literally mean that he was running around naked. It just simply, he was girded about the loins. But other than that, he had nothing on. Wore no clothes. And neither abode he in any house but in the tombs. And if the Lord will allow me tonight, I'd like to preach for a few moments uh, in your hearing. The preacher from Gadara. The preacher from Gadara. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much for the privilege and the honor of being here in this house, this great and mighty house which you raised up by your power. We thank you for those that are listening to us by Sun Life Radio all across this nation. We ask, O oh Lord, for those that are listening by way of internet television all around this world and those that are seated here. We ask, O oh Father, that you would lift us between the heavens and the earth, that you would allow us to behold wondrous things out of thy law, that you would grant unto us, O oh Father, an open door that we might preach the gospel as we should. And, O oh, Father, we ask for thine anointing, the anointing of the evangelist this night, O oh, Father, we ask. And, Father, we will give you all the praise and all the glory, for you alone are worthy. And we thank you the devil is defeated in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. The Gospel of St. Luke was written by Luke the physician. He opens the gospel by writing to O Theophilus. I desire to set in order the way things should be or the way things happen in, in, the, in the area of concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. The word Theophilus means lover of God. Hallelujah. And as we pick up this story in the gospel of St. Luke in chapter 8, 
The disciples and Jesus had just crossed over the sea. If you read a little bit before this, you'll understand that a great storm had risen upon the sea. The storm was so great. If you read in Mark chapter 5 as well, you can read the account of it. The storm was so great that the disciples thought that they were going to perish. The waves were contrary, the Bible says, that the wind was against them. The waves were crashing in the boat. Jesus was asleep in the boat. Doesn't it ever feel like that sometimes? <laughs> like you're going through a storm and you wonder where the Lord is. It seems as if he's asleep at times in the midst of your storm. And they ran to him and they awoke him. The Bible tells us that they awoke him and that he rose up and that he calmed the sea and he calmed the storm. And then he asked them, where is your faith? Where is your faith? What a, what a strange question that was to me when I first read that. We're dying here, Lord. What do you mean, where is my faith? You know, it's one thing to come into the house of God and sing the songs and praise the Lord when we're gathered together, how easy that may seem. But, but when we're alone in the darkness of our night, when we're alone and, and, and it seems like all hell is breaking loose on, on us, then we wonder, where is our faith? You have to understand that if Jesus sets you forward to go somewhere, you can bet your bottom dollar you're going to get there. Yes. Uh, yes. That's why he asked, where is your faith? Hallelujah. He's not through with you until he says he's through with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we read this story, and, and, and it seems to be a story all of its own, but the two are connected. For the Bible says this great storm rose up and, and they came to the other side. And immediately there met him a man out of the tombs. You see, the storm that was occurring on the sea was directly connected to the great deliverance that was about to take place. Some of you in the house tonight, you, you have things in your life that you're battling with. You have things in your life that you're struggling with. You have things in your life that have been keeping you from enjoying the fullness of God. And you wonder, will this struggle ever end? It's, and, and others of you have been interceding and praying for your loved ones, and it, yet it seems like all hell is breaking loose. And you wonder what the struggle is about. Well, I come by to tell you tonight that if there's a storm breaking forth in your life, if you will run to Jesus and wake up Jesus, he will bring you to the other side and he will bring deliverance in your life. Yes, hallelujah. That's a good place to thank the Lord. You must understand that when we read these stories in the Bible, they're not just stories. The Bible tells us that that, the, that the, the word of Malachi closes out by sending, Behold, I will send Elijah before the great and the terrible day of the Lord. And then 400 years pass between the closing of what we call the Old Testament and the dawning of the New Testament. And the story of the birth of Jesus and John. You must understand that before Jesus came into the world, before he walked throughout that that. that 
place called Israel before he, before he came and, and showed forth the glory of God, there was nothing but dry, dead, formalized religion. No one ever spoke like him. No one ever demonstrated the power of the Holy Spirit moving through their life with, without measure like him. The Bible tells us that wherever Jesus was going from, from, the, from, the, from the beginning of his ministry when he came up out of the River Jordan, the Bible tells us that he was driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness and that he had an encounter with darkness with Satan himself. After 40 days and 40 nights, he, he thoroughly had proven between heaven and earth that he was the Son of God. And the Bible says that when he walked out of the wilderness, he walked out full of the power of the Holy Ghost. And wherever he went, the crowds thronged him. He was not just a man, but he was God manifest in the flesh. Yes, he was. You see, that's what a lot of preachers don't understand today. That he's not just some, some psychological afterthought, but he's God. Yes. And he needs to be worshipped as God. Yes. Something amazing began to happen. The Bible tells that, that, that when Jesus would go into the synagogues, into the churches of his day, that he would preach his messages, he would preach his sermons, he would preach the word of God. And that demon powers began to cry out of people that were in church. That they would begin to manifest themselves. The world had never seen such light. You see, wherever there is true Holy Ghost light, darkness cannot hide itself. Some of you are getting uncomfortable already. When Jesus crossed the sea with his disciples, the enemy threw up such a storm to try and prevent a deliverance that was coming. To try and prevent liberty that was coming. To try and prevent freedom from a soul that had been crying out in the tombs. When he stepped off that boat, like a thousand atomic bombs exploding and causing the ground to shake. The Bible tells us that, that that man heard the reverberation all the way up in the mountains and came running down the mountains, down into the valley, to the docks, and fell at Jesus' feet. You see, there is no other answer. Oh, I'm not saying it well. There is no other way. That's right, yes. There is no other solution. For the brokenhearted, there is no other solution for those that are bound. There is no other way to set man free but through Jesus Christ and him alone. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about Muhammad. He's dead. I'm not talking about Buddha. He's buried in Tibet somewhere. But I'm talking about a resurrected Savior who is seated at the right hand of God Almighty. Hallelujah.
He walks the water. He opens blinded eyes. He makes lame legs to walk. He sets at liberty them that are held captive. And he'll do the same for you and for me. Hallelujah. The Bible says that this certain man had devils a long time. Let's read a little bit further. When he saw Jesus, verse 28, he cried out and he fell down before him. And with a loud voice he said, What have I to do with you, Jesus? You son of God of the Most High, I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him. And he was kept bound with chains and fetters. And he would break the bands. And he was driven by the devil into the wilderness. I want to stop here for a moment or two. Because I know that there are those listening by internet. Those listening by Sun Life Radio, you may be driving down the road. Some of you may be in the house tonight. You may not think that, that this story may apply to you. He was a possessed man. He was somebody who was taken over by the enemy. Yes, yes, yes. But if you read a little bit deeper, the process that brought him there, the isolation, the loneliness, the spirit that would drive him away from all that he had ever known and loved into a place where only death was. In the Gospel of St. Mark, it says that he would cry out night and day and that he would cut himself. Some of you do things that harm yourself. You feel so bad about what it is that you're doing. You feel so horrible and isolated. The Bible says that oftentimes this unclean spirit would catch him. So it doesn't seem, it seems to indicate that he wasn't just walking around possessed. It seems in those words, the word catch means that, that he would be going about his normal business and, and then this, this, these spirits would come to him and they would pursue him and they would seize him and catch him. It means to have companionship with and through a process of time, be ensnared. Some of you listening to me tonight, you love God with all your heart. Oh, God, help me. You sang and felt his presence in your life. You've wept at his altars. You may even have spoken in tongues. But there is something that continues to plague you, that continues to reach for you. And you fight and you fight and you fight, but eventually it takes hold of you. And you, these chains, these fetters, these things that were put on him to try and keep him in check. You try the same thing. You try to shackle yourself to religion. 
You try to shackle yourself to ritual. You, 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 you bound yourself to, to some kind of a moral life, but deep down inside you know those things that you've tried to shackle yourself with. You just end up breaking them because there's something there. You're having a struggle with darkness. That's it. And you don't know how to break free. But I come by to tell you tonight that you don't have to stay that way. That he hears the cry of your heart. And that if you'll come down to this altar, if you'll make an altar right where you are and cry out to Jesus Christ, he will come into your darkness and turn it into light. Somebody say amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Jesus does something incredible here. Verse 30, he says, what is your name? Yes, yes, yes. We're getting right where the rubber meets the road. Is that okay? Or should I preach three points in a poem? It, it's interesting that the Lord would have a conversation with a demon. He doesn't know his name. Of course he knows his name. But why did he ask him, what is your name? It was for our benefit. My name is Legion. What was the Lord trying to allow us to understand? He wanted us to understand a legion was, was a garrison of Roman soldiers, of warriors. He wanted us to understand the great battle that this soul was, 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 was being ensnared with. It is a battle. It is a war. I said it is a battle and it is a war. Otherwise the Bible wouldn't have told us wherefore I say unto you, take unto you the whole armor of God. Having on the breastplate of righteousness, having your loins girt about with truth, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, having on the helmet of salvation and taking the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith, praying always with all prayer and supplication. This is a war. I don't know what this man did, but I know it was through a process of time that he was ensnared. And the Lord says, for our benefit, what is his name? His name is Legion. For he was in a battle for his very soul. Some of you have loved ones tonight. Some of you listening to me by radio. Some of you may be sitting here in the congregation tonight. You are fighting a legion. You are fighting a battle. It's about a warfare for your soul. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. America tonight is fighting for her soul. That's right, yes. Do you think we, Brother Jimmy comes here, Brother Donnie, Brother Gabriel, they come here and they preach just because they don't have anything else to do? Do you think they suffer as much as they suffer just because they feel like standing in front of people to talk? Why do we do what we do? Why do we preach what we preach? 
Is it to be seen? Or is it truly from a broken heart that desires to see a nation and a world set free by the power of God? What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were into, had entered into him. It speaks of the conflict of soul, the warfare that he experienced, a big battle. Bible goes on to tell us, and they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountains, and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he allowed them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down steep into a place into the lake, and they were choked. What does this mean? What is the Bible trying to tell us? What is the Holy Spirit trying to express to us? These devils that were inside of him were causing a great conflict of soul. And the Lord allowed them to go into this herd of swine running down into the, into the lake and drowning and killing them because he wanted us to understand what the devil wants to do to you. They wanted to kill this man. And as soon as they left him and ran into this herd, they went violently down, the Bible tells us, and they drowned them. They killed the pigs. They were trying to kill him, but they couldn't kill him. No matter how dark it may look for you, no matter how horrible it may look for some of your loved ones, maybe your husband is out there acting like a fool. And you've cried and you've cried and you've wept and you've desired God to set him free. And you're wondering, maybe, maybe there's no hope. There is hope tonight in Jesus Christ. Yes, hallelujah. You see, if the devil could have killed you, he would have killed you before you got saved. Hello? Oh, my goodness. God, help me to say this right. Verse 35, and then they went out to see what was done to the man. They came to Jesus, and they found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. You know, isn't that like people? I remember when I got saved. Before I was saved, I was an absolute insane person. I mean, my hair was down to here. Literally, I could feel my hair down to here. I never wore a shirt. I hated wearing shoes. So when I read this story, I said, you know, I can relate to that guy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not lying to you, man. And uh, <laughs> and I would, uh, I would run around like a wild man. So when I look at myself now, I know my sister's watching my internet and my daughter's listening by the radio. They see me in these, my sister sees me in a jacket and nice pants and a pair of shoes. She just thinks it's the funniest thing she's ever seen. That's my brother preaching the gospel. Hallelujah! Yes. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. I thank God that one day an evangelist pointed a finger at me in the television and said, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clothed and in his right mind. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah to the Lord. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you want to know what I'm talking about. You've done things that if we would open your mail tonight, you wouldn't want anybody to know. That's what I love about Jesus. When he delivered this man, he didn't read him the riot act. He didn't say, well, you know, I know what you were doing last Wednesday at about, you know, one o'clock in the morning. He didn't even bring it up. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of my precious Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white. No, there's deliverance in the blood of Jesus. Oh, yes, there is deliverance in the blood. Come to this altar. 
I feel like the Lord wants to minister right now. If you have a loved one that's bound, come to this altar. I know that could be everybody in here. If you need deliverance, you come to this altar. We don't need to know who you are. Just come. 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 Come right now. Come. Come. Jesus will set you free. He'll set you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Worship in church. Oh, my Jesus.
too severe that Jesus Christ cannot set the captive free. Praise God. Hallelujah. 